Welcome to the OMR podcast. My name is Scott Peterson, and I'm an editor at OMR. In today's episode, Gimlet Media founder Matt Lieber joins OMR founder and CEO, my boss, Philip Westermeyer, to discuss the recent sale of Gimlet to Spotify, the future growth potentials in the U.S., and why podcasts figure to supplant radio as the preferred audio medium in the next few years. All that and more in the OMR podcast. Welcome to the OMR podcast at OMR Festival, a very special guest. He's probably the, the grandmaster of podcasting. I mean, I get a lot of uh, respect in Germany for doing uh, much for podcasting, but he's doing that on a, at a global level and in the US especially. He's the founder, of one of the founders of Gimlet Media, who recently sold to Spotify. Welcome, Matt Lieber. Thank you for having me, Philip. Yeah, thank you for making the yeah. trip over from New York to, to Hamburg. I'm thrilled to be here, and I, <laughs> did, I didn't know what to expect because I heard about this secret conference in Hamburg, and then I get here, and it's like 50,000 people, <laughs> and everyone's scrambling around, looking down at the next event they're going to at attend. It's it's incredible energy here, so happy to be here. And and, and I mean, one thing I I, I want to share is that like we met last summer in New York, and I after we talked for a while, I said, look, are you are you can you make the trip over? Are you willing to come? And then I like, gave you come some details and said, look, we're going we're gonna to shuttle you over. I said, okay, if that's happening, I'm, I'm in. I'm doing <laughs> it. Like, no thinking. Immediately, yes, that's, that, was, that was awesome. So um, thank you for that. Let's talk some podcasting. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe like the one thing everybody wants to know, you sold Gimlet um, recently. Why did that happen? Yeah, so if you if we let me step back and say we, we I started Gimlet five years ago uh, with my co-founder Alex, and for both of us it, it arose Gimlet, which is an audio company, arose out of an obsession with the medium of audio, and we um, like I had grown up listening to the radio, and I always loved the sense of emotional connection that you had with the person who was telling you a story, who you couldn't see them. But you were having, in a way, you were in a conversation with them and you could imagine them in your own head. And so, um, you know, we, we started the business in 2014 and we started with a, a few shows. Uh, Startup, which was a business show, which told the story of forming our own company. Uh, and then we had Reply All, which is now one of the biggest tech plat uh, podcasts on earth. And then we made about 15 more. But what we found five years in is the business was going well, um, like audiences were scaling, we were reaching millions of people globally, um, but there were some, there were some, and we had built a nice ad advertising business and we were starting to build an IP business where we take our shows and bring them to television and film. But we found that there were some sort of fundamental infrastructure issues that were limiting how podcasting, how big it could really be and how much it could flourish. And those, they're basically three things. One is, um, we, we, because of the nature of the way these podcasts are distributed, which is via RSS feeds, we didn't get data back on who our listeners were or how they were listening to our content. So we didn't get a lot of data. Um, we, uh, which limited the amount of monetization we could do. So advertisers, certain advertisers are willing to take a bet and take a chance on podcasts. But in order to get you know into much bigger deals with bigger brand advertisers and operate at a global scale, you need to have the data back and you need to be able to do other forms of monetization. And then the third was discovery. So 
um, if you if you talk right now in where, where I come from in the U.S., it's about uh, one in three people listened to, have listened to a podcast in the last month. And if you ask the ones that haven't listened to a podcast, they're kind of interested, but they don't listen to podcasts. If you ask them why, it's very simple. They say, "I don't know where to start. I don't know what I would like." And so it's a it's a, it's a problem of like finding a show, the right show for the right person. And so when we looked when we uh, started talking to Spotify. Um, more seriously, last fall we realized that you know, Spotify is a, a gl- the, the largest global music platform. They have 207 million people listening to audio every month. So they have the data, they have the global scale, and they've solved discovery. I mean, a huge uh, problem that Spotify solved in music was discovery, like find, helping people discover music they love. And so we thought that between Gimlet, which is you know great storytelling and content, and Spotify the world's largest music platform, um, we could help uh, We could help solve those three problems and make podcasting as big and make it flourish in the way that it should so that more people can have the experience that, you know, that, that we're having listening listening now. And and the numbers that were rumored, like 220 million dollars is the rumor, is that close to reality? Um, so we don't comment on the price, but yeah, that, that's you know roughly the number that was reported in the price. Okay. So also a very good deal for the investors, for the founders, I guess. Yeah, we we were um, we were happy, and um, our you know our employees were happy because for us, I mean, Gimlet is really a content company. It's a it's a storytelling company, and so I think you know the team was was happy. And all the employees had equity, but they were more happy that they would just con- we could all continue doing our work, but do it on a bigger scale and reach more people. And is, is the is the label uh, the brand Gimlet? Is that going to remain? The Gimlet brand is going to remain. So we're going to operate as a you know, quasi-independent subsidiary of Spotify. So we have offices in Brooklyn where we met. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the offices we met in we before moved, Green. Yeah, uh, uh, we did I meet you? I think I met you in Gowanus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah. and we we moved because we built 13 new studios in in Fort Greene. So we moved a couple blocks away. It's the largest podcast production facility on earth, and we're staying there. So we're keeping our offices, keeping the brand, um, keeping the team, and so Gimlet will operate sort of as a as a sub brand. Is is uh, the idea um, of Spotify to buy you? Is that also like a a page from the Netflix playbook? To like have original content on the Spotify platform, so like the, the way Netflix does that. Um, you know, many people have made this observation, but I don't think of Spotify as running the Netflix playbook necessarily. And I think there are some similarities between the way television and video has evolved, and the way that um, podcasts have evolved. But there's also differences. And so, actually, if you, uh, for me, the metaphor in in video is. Um, You know, there's Netflix, which is a big global platform where it's where, you know, big expensive productions with stars and it's it's about owning the hits. Um, But then there's also YouTube, which is a long tail of user generated content, which is a platform that makes it easy for everyone to find their own voice. And I think you're going to see something similar evolve in podcasting where you know, there's there's now five or six hundred thousand podcasts. Anyone can have a podcast. That's what I love about it. Um, um, but we think there's an or an, a dis, an, uh, an, uh, a special amount of value that comes to the head of the tail, to the franchises, and that's what Gimlet is about. It's about building franchises. Spotify announced actually when they when they acquired us, they also acquired another company called Anchor, which is 
a platform it's the easiest way for anyone to make a podcast so it's a little the metaphor there is is a little bit more like like youtube and so um i think spotify is going to be a platform where there's going to be big premium where there are big premium franchises but also where there's you know hundreds of thousands of other shows of every variety and where um where where any creator can can find their voice in their audience now that pot i mean that that sort of we we try to push the podcast thing here in germany a little bit and one thing that happens that that's happening more and more is that um, german celebrities they are like willing to talk or they even like approach us and say look i i want to do a podcast They're like what do you think about doing a podcast together is this thing also happening to you that like like people brands celebrities all of a sudden like want to talk to gimlet and want to see like what's in it for them in this podcasting game yes Yes, we have we definitely have more um big voices and big stars coming into podcasting. I mean, when we when we started, it was like uh it was hard to get anyone interested in making a podcast because no one really knew what it was and it wasn't it wasn't perceived as big audiences. Now you have big, I mean, media franchises built on it. So, the, you know, And they're across all categories. So the New York Times has the Daily, which is you know listened to by millions of people every day to get their news. ESPN has a big podcasts. You know Disney is doing podcasts, and then and big uh, big names. Actually, one thing that I've observed just in the last few months is the you know the U.S. 2020 presidential election is kind of kicking into gear, and it's interesting to watch which of the uh, presidential candidates who are vying for the Democratic nomination. Are choosing podcasts. Actually, the, the the candidate who most recently has the most momentum is a, a guy from uh, who's a mayor of a town in in Indiana. Uh, mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. Pete Buttigieg, and one of the thing and sort of he rocketed from relative obscurity to the you know top two or three uh, positions in the polls, and he's been on every podcast, and. I think that and that became podcast became a very important channel for him to to make an emotional connection with listeners and to tell his story. I think you'll see more of that. Um, what's the what's the what's the biggest or the largest podcast in the U.S. by by numbers of listeners? Uh, I don't know what the biggest podcast is, but you know certainly uh, Joe Rogan, which is an interview show uh, hosted by a sort of f comedian philosopher, where he has long. Um, baggy conversations with other comedians and MMA fighters and also intellectuals and academics is one of the biggest. The, the, the New York Times Daily. Um, Reply All, which is one of our shows, is, 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 which is a show about the internet um, and is listened to millions of by, by millions of people every month. Is, is up there What too. scale can you reach? I mean, if you're like, let's say, Reply All, or if you're like Joe Rogan, what, how many listeners can you have? Or uh, do they have? You you can have millions of listeners yeah. weekly, weekly, not daily, but weekly. Yeah, weekly. I, I think I think the New York Times has reported that they have over a million listeners daily. And I mean, there's a lot of speculation on the internet about Joe Rogan and his revenue. I mean, there, I, I read speculation that he's like making I don't know fifty, sixty million a year in revenue from podcasting, advertising revenue. Uh -huh. Do you believe that could be true? Um, I, I have no insight on Joe Rogan's revenue. What I do know is that, I mean, I, when I listen to the show, he certainly has, you know, he's got plenty of ads in there and his audience trusts him. So when he recommends a product 
and he talks about it in a way that's you know convincing and that he's used it and it's almost like a personal endorsement or in some cases it is that's very powerful to drive uh to drive the commercial business so i i don't i don't know i i genuinely don't know what the numbers are but uh but but i mean there's probably already like podcast millionaires in the U.S., meaning people that like make more than a million a year in, 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 in income from podcasting, there are definitely, I would say, you know, tens of people, tens or dozens, if not more, people who are making seven figures in podcasting today. And but we think we're just at the beginning. So if you look at the overall, um, if you look at the overall like revenue size of podcasting, it's quite small in relation to the number of people who are listening and how much time they're spending. Um, you know, this year podcasts will probably be, you know, somewhere around half a billion dollar industry in the U.S. market. Radio is an eighteen billion dollar industry, and uh, and the discrepancy by the amount of time spent between radio and podcasting is not that great. Mm. Actually, one of the insights um, that I think that Daniel Ek, who's the CEO of Spotify, had, and when 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 Alex and I, my co-founder, first sat down with him to talk about. You know, potentially um, putting uh, having Gimlet be acquired by Spotify. One of his, I think, big, simple but very big insights was that if you look at the size of, um, if you look at the size of the video market, you know, to put together all of television, video subscriptions, advertising, it's about a trillion dollars. And if you look at the size of the audio business, you know, talking about all 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 of audio monetization ads subscriptions music sales it's about a hundred billion dollars it's one tenth but it, but the amount of time we spend watching video and television and the amount of time we spend listening is not the difference is not that great it's maybe you know two and a half hours of listening and i don't know maybe maybe three or four hours of, of watching and so the his question was like do we really think that the the eyes are ten times more valuable than the ears no no, maybe they're a little, maybe they're somewhat more valuable, but not 10 times. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to close the gap. And I think we're just at the beginning of that, that effort. So, so podcasting in, as, as a commercial thing will be about ads. It's not going to be about paid podcasts. Um, well, for, for now, uh, today, uh, we're primarily an ad supported medium. And you can hear all of our podcast. I mean, you can hear all of Gimlet podcasts right now across most any, po most all podcast platforms, and any podcast you listen to on Spotify, you can listen on the free tier or the paid tier. So there's no distinction between the paid experience and the free experience on Spotify when it comes to podcasts. You know, I do believe other business models will, um, will begin to materialize, including, you know, subscription, uh, subscription bundles, um, you know, a la carte purchases in the way that you see with audiobooks. And there will be, I think, quite a bit of experimentation in the next few years. What's, what's the average CPM an, an, an US podcast can fetch? Like, like a podcast that, that has like uh, quality listeners and has like substantial reach. What can you ask CPM based? Um, CPMs tend to be, you know, $20 to $30 for premium podcasts. Um, and then our, Gimlet CPMs and, uh, are, you know, tend to be higher than that, tend to be $60 and up, depending, and then, and then up from there, depending on the audience. And our, our argument was that, um, you know, that podcast advertising is different than other forms of advertising. It's different than radio. And start with the idea that, 
audio is just a great medium. It's a great medium for advertising for the same reason, like it's a great um, medium period, which is that it builds emotional affinity and personal connection. And when you're reaching a podcast audience, they are not just sort of, they're not getting a, it's not like they're walking through a restaurant and hearing a radio ad that's packed in a six minute pod in, uh, together with a whole bunch of other ads and it's not been pushed to them and in in podcast ads someone has raised their hand and said I'm interested in that show I'm going to subscribe to it I'm going to in some cases download it or stream it and you're getting a hundred percent share of voice of a super engaged audience that most of the time is listening with earbuds in their ears so it's a higher quality um, impression and a higher quality audience you know our audience tends to be younger um, more affluent and more educated than the general population but you still go with CPMs you can't ask for for flat price um, primarily we transact still on a CPM basis and primarily on the download basis One of the things I think we'll, that, that we will transition to over time, particularly now that we're part of Spotify, is selling on streams and impressions because we can now verify every, um, every listen. But, so, but, but so reach has to still be a factor. You can't just say, look, this is the show. It's big. I don't care how big it is. It's the, that, that is the host. He's saying this. Um, that's the price. End of discussion. Um, well, I guess it depends on how good a salesperson you are, Philip, but we transact on CPMs. So, okay. you know, we say... You I mean, know, I, I see the Tim Ferriss of this world. Like, if you want to advertise with Tim Ferriss, mm -hmm. for instance, he just gives you a flat price and there's no discussion about... about uh, reach or like a number of listeners it's just his flat price well he knows how big his audience is he knows how many times uh, his show is going to get downloaded and so i assume there's some you know arithmetic that connects the flat price to the number of downloads one of the things about podcasting that's different than like display advertising is podcasters generally know with a lot of certainty how many listeners are going to reach with any particular episode because it's a habitual medium and so it is not as though we have um It's not as though we have podcast episodes that go viral and, it, you know, we may reach, you know, 10 million impressions or we may reach 100,000. Pretty much episodes are consistent in their, there, in their There's downloads. no explosive, even like with new hosts, there's no explosive growth. I mean, you have to like really earn your audience over time. You, you, you generally do. I mean, there are some examples, but in general, building a podcast audience is about regular, regularly releasing programming that resonates with your audience over the course of years right. yeah and we've never seen audiences shrink we've only seen our audiences grow organically over w time what's what's the an okay growth factor if you look at a new podcast format a new host maybe coming out um, or like even the established ones what do you think they have to grow by year over year to be like within the norm I think it totally, I, I, it's impossible for me to answer that question because I think it totally depends on, well, first of all, why you're doing it. And if you're doing it to make an ads business, um, you know, and you're trying to reach a general audience, then you want to get into the, you know, tens or, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of downloads. That, that should be kind of the, the aspiration. But if you have a very specialized podcast that is about, you know, if you're, If you're doing a podcast about, I'm making this up, but, you know, high-speed rail and you're just reaching engineers who are building high-speed uh, high trains and there's a bunch of technologists and advertisers who value that audience really highly, then you may only need to reach a thousand of them to be able to have that be, you know, super valuable. I mean, that's, that's one other thing. A lot of um, companies have discovered the podcast uh, field or the podcast medium 
And um, it feels like there's all of a sudden like content marketing agencies, yes. media agencies uh, of all types. They saw like all of a sudden now are asked by corporations or by companies to produce podcasts for brands. I mean, that feels like at some point it's just too much. Nobody can listen mm. to like five different car company podcasts or seven different hair shampoo podcasts. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, so we set pretty early on in the company, we set up um, a division called Gimlet Creative to be our audio agency that would work with brands to develop their audio strategy. And I think if, um, and part of that meant, part of that involves making podcasts for them. So like we make, we make an original podcast for Nike called The Phenom Effect, where um, we tell the story of Nike's women's athletes and sort of their path to success. You know, we make a show, we make a, we make a podcast for Gatorade about, uh, sorry, we may, do make a podcast about Gatorade featuring the world's best athletes. We make a podcast for Adobe um, about design and the nature of design today. And what we find with those is they're less about reach and they're more about creating a framework for the brand to tell their story, to tell a story in a deeper way. Um, I do think that, um, you know, the, 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 the beautiful thing about that is that you have, you have the time and space to be able to tell a long story. If you wanted to do like a six part, 30 minute per episode documentary series and video, that would be an extremely intensive, very expensive undertaking. You can do a lot of the storytelling that reflects that in audio, um, in a lighter weight way. What we're finding though, is that, um, brands need a broader audio strategy. So with the rise of um, on-demand listening of audio, with the rise of you know Spotify and music, and, and now with the rise of podcasts, it's just becoming a more important um, channel for brands to consider as they think about how they tell their story to consumers. And it doesn't just mean original podcasts for brands. It also means it also implies um, advertising, what your presence is going to be on Amazon Alexa, what your voice is going to be. And so if you look at the Fortune 100 brands today, you know, I would say... 100% of them have a style guide that says, here's what our logo looks like, and here are our yeah, colors, and here's, here's the Pantone colors, and here's the fonts and the typefaces, and here's, here's our sort of principles around copy. And very few of them, if any, have an audio style guide. And our belief is that brands need to have that now. Brands need an audio strategy. And so Gimlet Creative, which is our in-house agency, basically helps, helps brand develop, brands develop their audio strategy and find their voice. How, how big is Gimlet in terms of employees right now? Uh, we're 125 people. And, and, and in revenue? Um, we don't disclose revenue. Let me let me, let me take I'm, a wild I'm guess. Now, I'm I'm so I'm now part of <laughs> one, of the, one of the transitions is now part of a, a public company, and I, I uh, so I'm under the you know under the the regulations that that implies. Oh, okay, okay, but uh, I would I mean let, you can shake your head yes or no. Nobody's going to see that on the podcast, <laughs> but but I would I would guess it's probably like between like twenty five thirty five million mm. forty million. Mm. Yes, you, you, you seem to be more shaking yes than no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not commenting. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, like, like one last question on the advertising thing. Um, is it like all the native advertising or like hosts sharing the messages or like how much is that? Is ad injection like, like audio snippets that are just being injected into podcasts that have nothing to do with the host? Well, I would separate those two things. I, um, vast majority of our... Um, advertising right now 
is is native. It's read by the host in the voice of the host, and that was important to us because we wanted the advertising to feel like it was part of the experience of the show that was additive to the listening experience. It, all of our advertising is also dynamically inserted. So anytime that you hit play on a stream or you download an episode, we are injecting a new ad, and it depends on um, where you are in the world. So we'll geo-target. It depends on when you're downloading it, um, and we target by device. Um, so they're both native and dynamically inserted, which means we can flight advertising. I would say there's going to be at some point, you know, there is going to be a need for programmatic audio solutions where, you know, where brands are able to buy across a network or across shows to be able to get the scale and the targeting they need. And it's early days on that. Um, and one of the things that's really important to us is that we preserve what is great about the current podcast advertising model as we move into a programmatic future. So that's something we're, we're thinking a lot about. So you think programmatic is going to play a bigger role? Yeah, I, th I think it has to to deliver the kind of scale to grow the audience. I mean, I'm sorry, grow the industry. Okay, so so right now the breakdown is probably like 80 and 20%? I would, uh, on podcast advertising, I would say it's... I, I, don't, I actually don't know what the number is, but I bet it's more like 95.5. 95% native, native advertising. Wow. Is, that, is that how it is here in Germany? In Germany, it's, it's, I would say it's also very native-dominated. Yeah. Except for the podcasts that come from the radio stations, there's hardly any yeah. like, classic audio ads. It's and what is your view on that? On how, how that will, will, that will, do you think I, that will change? I mean, yeah, I mean the, the thing is, is, is what you say, like scale, right? I yeah. mean, uh, like getting scale um, probably and, 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 and like The advertiser requests are such that that it, maybe at some point you have to like come up with a more automated solution yeah. and and plus something that uh, that I hear a lot if I talk to potential podcast hosts and like if a podcaster has has reached a certain level they're all like really careful like with the advertising they want to like be associated with especially like if you like now, now I'm, I'm talking to musicians or athletes yes. of, of 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 household names in Germany to do a podcast if you talk to them they'll be like okay, we can like do ads, but only this, this and this company. Right. Um, and, and then it, it, that's not going to work with native because there's so many companies that would want to advertise, but right. if that host is not going to accept them, we get a problem. Right. I think, and so probably what I think will happen is the market will bifurcate and you'll have a high-end premium um, native tier of advertising where the host has opted in. It will be higher price. It won't be about. It won't so much be about reach. It will be about getting to the right audience. And then will be the, there will be a a, um, a tier that will be more programmatic. It will be about scale. It will probably not be host read. I still think that it can be produced beautifully and have breakthrough ad creative, um, but it'll be about scale and reach and efficiency. And I think that that the market will begin to. To, to divide. We, 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 we spoke about the biggest podcast in terms of reach, Joe Rogan and New York, New York Daily. Yeah. Um, what are the biggest podcasts? I, I mean, uh, take a guess. I mean, you probably don't know, but, but as a guess, like in terms of monetization. Um, uh, you know, I think there are, certain, there are certain segments of advertisers that are willing to spend more, you know, on a CPM basis and are willing to spend more to reach the right audience and it's sort of business and technology shows. So, you know, our big our biggest performers revenue wise are um, you know, Startup, which is a business show, Reply All, which is a tech show. Um, if you look at, you know, I, I'm, I, I would imagine shows like, um, uh, you know, shows like Freakonomics 
uh, or um, sports podcasts like they're hu they're huge. They seem to have a lot of advertising. If I listen to Bill Simmons, Simmons yes, Simmons. I think for for yeah for for mass audiences like pop culture, sports, where you do begin to hear you know big brand advertisers, CPG, Auto. Uh -uh. All of a sudden, I, I mean, I listen to like a lot of US podcasts, for instance, Bill Simmons. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, he used to have all these startup companies there and, uh, and Seed Geek and all these companies. Yeah. And now, like a couple of weeks ago, for the first time, he was like about Mercedes and then car. I was like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, that's good, right? I mean, for me as a podcast uh, entrepreneur, it, it was very interesting and a very good sign. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what this is what always happens in new medium. I mean, this is what, this is what happened on the this is what happened when cable television came along. This is what happened when the web first came along. Is the first advertisers tend to be the more exper experimental, uh, direct response advertisers who are comfortable going in and spending money without clear measurement. Um, because they're, you know, they're finding other ways to try to measure the return on spend. And big brand advertisers come in later. It's the, sort of the second or third phase where they feel like, okay, we're comfortable that there's enough scale here. We're comfortable that there's measurement and we know how many people we're reaching. And we're, it's, we're, I think we're just about to now reach that point in a, and we're reaching that point, um, you know, broadly across the ecosystem where more established, mature brands are comfortable coming in and spending money. So, so you're saying at some point, Podcasting, uh, advertising, and podcasts in the U.S. could turn into a billion-dollar business. Oh, absolutely! I think we're, I think we're, you know, we're one to two years away from it being a billion-dollar business. But I think the question is, like, when is it going to be, you know, tens of billions of dollar business? You know, my feeling. So radio, radio, and and I, I'm very cognizant that I'm uh, in Germany and I'm talking about U.S. numbers, but those are the ones I know best. Yeah, radio, people care. Yeah. You know, radio is an 18 billion dollar business in the US my view is like I don't know 80% of that listening is going to move to on-demand and an on-demand impression is more valuable than a radio impression because it is someone who's self-selected in you have data to target them um, and it's a more direct intimate experience because they're listening in their ear not in some big noisy environment and so I think that I think that um, you know I I think that you know those dollars will shift and become even more valuable. And then, of course, you know, sports and news will remain a, a live, linear experience. I, I heard the rumor that the New York Daily podcast is doing sixty-five million a year in revenue. Dollars. The the New York Times. Yeah. I haven't heard that. You would think it's too high. That would surprise me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but one thing that's that's already happening that I think is impressive. You just mentioned in the beginning, IP. What IP means is you're building podcasts, you're building a podcast franchise that then gets spun out into television, into to movies. Um, that's already happening. You've created some shows or some 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 brands yep. that you've sold, I think, to Netflix, right? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. So we, we have yeah. So we've we've made a couple of television shows. We made a show. Uh, based on our own story, uh, so we we had the show Startup, like I mentioned, which was a documentary about starting the company that became a network television show on ABC, and then uh, more recently Homecoming, which was our first scripted series. It was a thriller podcast that did really well as a podcast. It was a government thriller, um, and we developed it uh, for Amazon uh, Amazon uh, Video, Amazon Studios, and it stars Julia Roberts. And it was one of their biggest shows last year. So, you know, there was a period you walk around New York and 
Every which way you looked, you saw a 50-foot billboard with Julia Roberts' face on it, and it all came from our podcast. And we have um, you know three or four shows in in development now, for three or four other shows in development now as well. And then you're like scouting the talent, you're finding the story, you're finding the person that you know can can be the podcast face then. Yeah, well, we we start. I mean, we always start with the audio, so we're never trying to reverse engineer television uh, because we think we'll fail at that. Uh, but we always start with the st what is the story and the world that will work in audio, and we develop all the IP ourselves and work with writers, bring in actors, and then we'll partner on the television. So um, you know, with Amazon on Homecoming, uh, the horror of Dolores Roach, which is a horror series that I love. Uh, came out uh, around Halloween, and we're now um, developing that with Blumhouse, uh, Blumhouse Studios for for TV. So, um, yeah. Um, so you're gonna stay in the game long term. I mean, many times entrepreneurs sell their companies to, to bigger companies, and then they leave. You, you probably. It sounds like you're gonna stay in the industry for a while. I I am not going anywhere. Like audio is a lifelong passion for me. It's what I grew up loving. It's always what I've come back to, and now I'm part of. You know what? Uh, you know what I believe is going to become the world's largest audio platform. So I'm not going anywhere. So you'll not be a Spotify manager f for the next years. I'm my my title is now managing director at Spotify. <laughs> 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 okay, you're very close. Uh, is, is your boss now Daniel Ek? Um, I work up through Courtney Holt, who's the um, VP of Spotify Studios, and Don Ostroff, who's the chief content officer. But of course, talk to Daniel and. Um, And uh, you know, I'm, I'm close to the vision. And and, and Spotify is like making a big move in podcast. I mean, you know, not only acquiring you, but they're like making a lot of announcements. It seems like po maybe podcasting is, is is a solution for them to to get more profitable, and then to to like grow the company even further, right? I mean, it seems like music yeah. has sort like they've almost achieved what they can achieve. Um, now, podcasting is, 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 seems to it sounds like it's the next thing for them. Yeah, I I don't think. I think Spotify has a lot more to achieve in music, but in audio more broadly. And uh, you're right, like Spotify has been very aggressive, by far the most aggressive of the audio platforms in podcasting. It's one of the reasons we sold to Spotify is because we felt that the company had a real vision for how this would unfold and was very commercially motivated um, and uh, to, to, to win. And so even just, just so in the last, you know, Three months, four months. The company has announced three acquisitions: Gimlet, Anchor, and also Parcast, which is another podcast studio um, based in LA that specializes in um, sort of in pulpy true crime content, content about the dark side of everything. So, um, you know, crime podcasts in general are like seem to be like a huge genre. Cr right? Crime is a huge genre of podcasting, and so um, and and you know, Parcast makes some of the biggest crime podcasts. They make you know serial killers and cults and they have shows about conspiracy theories and what other genres are coming up uh so uh, i would say the the you know big genres right now are, are are comedy crime um you know interview interview based shows sort of culture um and then we believe uh we're, we're always Gimlet has always been motivated to be sort of at the front edge of innovation and our belief is that fiction is going to become um, scripted genre fiction is going to become a big category. So if you go back to the the original golden age of audio, which was in radio a hundred years ago, 
um, you know, scripted f- radio drama was a big category. In fact, the big celebrities of the age were minted in radio. Orson Welles came out of radio. The big media companies of the 20th century, 20th century came out of radio, NBC and CBS, and they were birthed by, um, by drama and news. And we think that, uh, so we think fiction is going to become a really interesting category. Things like, um, um, things like, uh, you know, soap operas and romance and scripted comedies and, uh, you know, uh, procedural crime shows and all all of that. So you're hiring writers and authors and, and, you know, like all kinds of creative people to produce these shows, to think up these shows. Yes, so we work, we we have a scripted division. Um, headed by the amazing Mimi O'Donnell, who who came out of the theater world, and works with um, writers, uh, novelists, playwrights to originate material. Um, let's let's talk about other platforms. I mean, Spotify seems to be making a move here. Um, the world is waiting for Apple, maybe for Amazon. I'm always surprised that I mean, it seems to for for Apple at least. Um, Podcasts don't seem to play a major role. I mean, obviously they have a huge business, and, and podcast is not that big in comparison. Yeah. But um, do you? I mean, what's your perception of what, what do you hear in the market? Is like Apple has like a, poten- a huge potential platform for that with iTunes, and um, isn't, why is nothing happening there? Um, so Apple is still the the um, Apple still the largest player um, in the market. Spotify is now number two. And uh, we're the fastest growing. Um, you know, when we when we f- you know, go back two and a half years ago, Spotify was you know single digit, if that percentage of our distribution. Today, it's twenty percent, and so you can and it's it's pretty much stealing share from all the other players. But I think with these things, it it it, it comes down to focus. And that's one of the things I learned, and I'm sure you have as an entrepreneur, is just focus wins. And if you look at the other um, big media platforms, they have, you know, five, six other priorities that come in front of audio or come in front of podcasts, whether it's, you know, video, television, device, device sales, other services. Um, And I think it's really a question of, of prioritization. And for, you know, for, for us at Spotify, you know, the top priority is to become the world's, you know, largest audio platform and then enable a million creators to make a living off their art on the platform. All right, all right. Um, let's let's you know follow. Uh, first of all, best of luck with that. I mean, we'll definitely be following this and, and, and watching closely how you do it, how Spotify and maybe Gimlet and Spotify together, um, how this all goes on, how the story continues. Um, thank you very thank much you. for doing the podcast, for being here, um, yeah, and uh, for being a friend of Ormano. <laughs> thank you for having me at OMR, Philip. I'm, I'm just amazed by what you have built here. And the, <laughs> the energy is, I mean, just even while we've been doing this interview, I think the crowds have ramped up. <laughs> and uh, so congratulations. And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Buzz.